Welcome to First Issue Club, <laughs> the weekly podcast where we cover first issues. As you can see, we're a little on edge. Uh, we have a we have a, uh, a situation going on here in the United States that uh, we're all kind of dealing with, and we're all kind of on edge. Uh, but we're going to give you a little piece from that. We're here to entertain you, talk about the things that you love the most, which is comic books. You're probably locked up in your house right now, <laughs> reading them, possibly <laughs> organizing them. Listening to your guys' podcast last week uh-huh. just reminds me of how quickly this news changes. It's crazy. Because it was like last week you were like, ah, oh, Corona, like they might they might cancel Planet, and now it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Everything canceled. Every life canceled. To be honest, I've been thinking about it a lot. I had a rant before we started this, but I'm I'm I've recovered. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm a person that has high anxiety. I see a therapist once a week talking about my um, <laughs> my fear of death. Um, you guys, wait, Mike D's a germaphobe. Uh, Greg, you're a hypochondriac. Caitlin, you bring comfort to the lives of people. You're the healthiest of all of us. Um, men- men- <laughs> mentally. That is not great. <laughs> that bar is low. Um, I just think that... Because I was just going to ask you for a recommendation for your therapist. <laughs> oh, I highly recommend mine. <laughs> highly. Um, he shows me Rick and Morty videos. Um, he gets but, you. Yeah, he does get me. But I think that this is a high anxiety time and a time that we can't control things. And I think that for me, I was thinking about like the moments of life that I can control or the moments that are like really important. And to me, like reading comic books or being part of a fan base and talking about comic books, that's like being in the moment of something that at least provides me comfort and uh, makes me feel okay. So it is therapeutic for me. And I hope that it is for other people listening to this podcast. We hope to make some content while this period is happening. We don't know how long we will be in houses, but the good news is microphones work from anywhere. Right. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all have uh, home studios, so no matter what, each week we'll be able to bring you an episode. We kind of have a a backstock of episodes set up anyway, in just an occasion like this. Mm-hmm. We're to arise. <laughs> <laughs> we're doomsday preppers. Yeah, in the podcast world, we are the doomsday preppers. And we were like, first and foremost, always have a podcast ready. <laughs> I brought I brought home uh, two GoPros, three video cameras, two microphones, and two microphones. And document stands. the whole thing. Well, I just was like, I don't know. If I'm here for that long, got to make some fucking content. Can I caveat, too, with, like, so we're recording on a Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. and so by the time this release is Wednesday, things could also be... Way worse. Way worse, way better. Yeah. Who who knows what. (laughs) So if we say anything tone deaf, that's why. Yeah. At least we're not recording on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, we would have been a lot happier. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It is literally day to day. Yeah. So, yeah, so forgive us in, in in that method, I guess. Yep. Um, New Mutants, did that get postponed? Yeah, so a couple announcements. <laughs> uh, obviously, we had panels at Planet Comic Con. That won't be happening. Yeah. Uh, they've postponed it. They said they're going to do new dates. Um, they haven't announced those new dates yet, but when they do, we'll let you know. We still, we've been assured through Planet that our panels are still going to hold up, so we will still have a panel when it is rescheduled. Second announcement, the New Mutants premiere with two views movies. Not happening. It got delayed. When that gets redone, we'll let you know. Did the release of New Mutants itself? Yeah. Everything's getting pushed back. So, like, are movies even coming out right now? Bloodspot did. Or Bloodshot did. Oh. No. Oh, poor Valiant. That sucks. Literally the worst. That sucks. I heard a number, if you guys want to know what the number was. Yeah, you got to tell me. Uh, Thursday opener was $1.6 million. No. That might be record setting. (laughs) That's brutal. (laughs) That's like only the staff who made it went and saw it. I hate that. I I just feel so bad. I mean, I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing it i still want to see it i'm gonna see it yeah maybe we should go see it and review it Mm -hmm. we should i thought we were gonna do that anyway yeah i mean 
We got time. <laughs> I mean, this. Oh god. Nerds are prepared because we have our white gloves ready. <laughs> yes, I literally have gloves to go go buy something at Walgreens after this. Do I'm you gonna, really? Well, I'm gonna use because the fucking keypad they make you push the button mm-hmm. on it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the dirtiest thing on earth. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, that's crazy. So everything is getting paused. Comic books are still coming out. You think there's going to be a shift in digital buys versus physical buys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Probably. I it's, mean, because eventually, when what's the point where comic book shops aren't even open? What happens to spec buyers and what happens to, you know, like the people who aren't really in it for the collection, but they're in it to make money? Like, what happens to them? Do they, do we see a, a decrease in that? I want, I mean, the situation is, one, it, it could get, crazier if publishing limits decrease and somehow some people have like abilities to get comic books to them and then sell in the aftermarket um if people are still wanting that and thinking about that or if people are unsure too are they going to be spending that much money on aftermarket comics so why Mm -hmm. why did why did baseball cards go away trade carding uh card trading card trading collecting (laughs) uh the market was flooded yeah, the market was flooded. There was people realized, and it was just a normal hobby. Mm-hmm. And then people realized in the '90s that their old cards could be sold for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then Tops benefited because everybody was buying like the whole sets of of cards. So then there, there's just too many cards made. Yeah. So there's like in in circulation, there's like millions of Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards, which is like at the time. Everyone was like, got to get your hands on this. But now you can buy a lot of, a hundred of them for like a dime on eBay. Okay. And comic books have actually, that's one area they've succeeded in. They've kept their ratios down? Yeah. yeah. They they have certainly not flooded the market. Now, mm-hmm. variants might be an issue, but in general, like that, you know, uh, print runs are sometimes at like 30,000. Yeah. So... Well, yeah, because you just look at the past mistakes of other, you know, mediums, and you go, "Well, I don't want to do that." So we uh, we learned from the the card industry to not overdo it. I hate to be like casual fans and and <laughs> use that terminology. Filthy casuals. But I I could see I could see more casual people using digital comics, but for me, and and I'm sure a lot of people listening, you probably have been buying your books you love for 10, 15 years. Um, and if you're new to comics, you probably get the buzz of putting something new in your bag and board and, and seeing your collection grow. I, I just can't imagine not just, like, pre-ordering that stuff. If mm-hmm. I pre-order it through Midtown Comics or wherever, they're going to fill that order. The publishers are going to print those things. Yeah, yeah, so, but I think, like, for us especially that we read... A lot of independence. Mm-hmm. We can't get that stuff for cheap to like read in like that week or whatever. Like if you if you really need oh, to read like your... on release day. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a first issue club problem, not a not a ge- not a general <laughs> not a general problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to be part of the conversation immediately with like people online and stuff, but um, that's a good point. Probably not a huge deal if you get your comics a week later, right? Yeah. I, I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. I will say you, there will be the temptation to go to those sites where they have pirated comic books. Please do not go to those because they hurt creators and the publisher. That's my PSA for the for the episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Image is doing all their number ones are like free right now on digital. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that like, okay, so we have like a, a DC comic book app mm-hmm. and a Marvel comic book app. I'm honestly surprised that Image hasn't done one. You know what I mean? Uh, there is one. There's not a subscription. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like they have they have like Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. And DC Unlimited. Oh, I would read the hell out of an, an Image subscription. Oh, you know why it is? Is because they don't know how to divide up the money because yeah. they're all they're all uh, right. creator owned. Well, if we're all if a million people read Saga and then one person reads what were like a toy spinoff comic, mm. it's tough to. Yeah, break up like membership. It'd be like Spotify. Yeah, they'd have to have some type of collective <clears throat> agreement. Well, I mean, maybe do that then. Yeah, I think they could do that. That's the thing. I just I don't in, 
image is just such an enigma to me because I'm just like, what is even the company? <laughs> like, I guess they're probably making like a percentage on the comic books and things like that. But yeah. like, if it's, they say like 100% creator owned, it's like, okay, then. <laughs> how do you exist? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand how a business works, so we don't need people tweeting at us being like, well, technically, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it just yeah. is. <laughs> we get it. Capitalism. Cool. Um, yeah. So this is a new dawn. This is, this is different. This is weird. This is a, a whole new world. And I don't know. Comic books will be read. Movies will not be seen in theaters. <laughs> Uh, lots of streaming will happen. And we'll be on top. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to come over to my house to work out? No. <laughs> Why? What an invitation. <laughs> you know what? I, I appreciate that in these end times that you would open your house to us to, uh... Yeah, yeah. that's kind. Yeah. Well, what, what a, you, but I'm bringing my going. parents, and I don't think you... Did you say you didn't want that? No, we're talking... I'm not talking after next week. I'm talking the, the three to five weeks after that, where you guys are just sitting in your house. And you need somebody to rock your body. <laughs> you can shock my glutes? I'd love to. You can isolate my pecs? Uh-huh. Now you Confuse come over, my glutes? You come over. Confuse them. Yeah. Come over to the Mike Dojo or the Budget King Dojo. <laughs> okay. I'll, you've convinced me. I'll bend you into shape. <laughs> oh. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, Mike really blew out my back. <laughs> oh, we should wrestle. <laughs> We've started a new podcast now. <laughs> oh, that would be so great to document our wrestling during the coronavirus. Well, you brought a bunch of cameras home, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. We take our shirts off. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess we took our shirts off. We're all oiled up here. But the cameras are on. <laughs> oh, man. What's going to happen? I'm already on a content shortage. What? Like, I've exhausted, like, so many things on Netflix already that I want to watch. Yeah. We're getting to that point. <laughs> I'm like, I need to buy. I, I, luckily, I haven't gotten Disney Plus yet, so. So you haven't seen any of The Mandalorian? No, so I'm oh going to do that. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to do that this week. Bloody In none boy. of the new DuckTales? <laughs> no. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, my God. How many times are you going to watch The Rocketeer? Just five. Yeah. <laughs> Probably five. And then call it a day on Rocketeer. <laughs> call it a day. That'll be one day of Rocketeering. <laughs> Flight of the Navigator? I'm going to skip it. I'm going to watch Rocketeer <laughs> five times and then skip Flight of the Navigator. And then cancel your Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm out. Yeah. But, sir, you still have 28 days left. <laughs> You've already paid I know, for them. But I've completed this <laughs> nope. mission. Nope. I'm a fan of Turn of the Century Jetpacks. <laughs> I've already Rocketeered. <laughs> uh, is there any other comic news? Everything's kind of been that put on a pause. Everything's done. Yeah, everything's canceled. <laughs> everything's done. Do you feel like being comic book fans kind of made us wise to the changes that were coming a little earlier than some of the general population because of convention season? Well, and listen, we yeah. how many books have we read about dystopian futures? We right. saw this shit coming a mile away. Right, right, yeah. Impotent leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Impotent w- leader. Widespreading virus that no one can explain. Yeah. I, I do think our natural connection through this podcast to, like, outside of this city mm-hmm. and, like, the world in general and not just the news um, probably made us a little bit more aware. Yeah. Like, so, because I, I just know, like, general, like, people, like, my wife's parents who, like, are retired and are a reading teacher, they're still treating this like it's fucking just, you know, walk in the park. Yeah. Like, like oh, I don't know. Like, they literally laughed when they were like, hey, are you guys, they're both over 65. And it's like, you guys are currently watching our daughter now. Is that, yeah. are you guys scared? Is that weird? And they're like, oh, no, no. What? No. She won't get sick. <laughs> yeah, she won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that there's a little bit of that. There's also, and, and I think we got a caution about, there's a lot of different information out there right mm-hmm. now, especially I just sat in the parking lot and read like 10 different Twitter accounts all saying different yeah. things and totally. stuff. Figures. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta check your anxiety. You gotta like stay with the facts, try mm-hmm. to stay healthy, stay, stay safe, but don't like, don't get in your own head about this. Unlike everyone here on this podcast yeah. has done I'm saying probably that, a couple times. I'm saying that for myself. I got to say things out loud to people to actually internalize them. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, but we have the cleanest surfaces in this room right now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. If I can hear clattering, <laughs> <laughs> we're squeezing Germex all, all over the room. <laughs> I should have brought my Lysol. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> to more fear, fear monger, I've heard that it may it may be as much as just like that's just the sniffles to like the most painful respiratory thing you've ever had. <laughs> quite, quite a spectrum. As far as like the mild conditions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. like those symptoms that you're supposed yeah. to feel? Yeah, uh, that's why That's the worst part, because I'm mm-hmm. always like, oh, I have all of those right mm-hmm. now. No, I don't. But still, it's they're don't, mild enough. Don't Google it. Just I've already Googled it. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's I how did, I know I'm at a higher risk. <laughs> did you watch Did you watch four uh, hours of videos of people who survived coronavirus? Because I can tell you a lot about what they think. <laughs> no, what? I just got down this loop and like there's there's a bunch of like preppers that have Skyped other survivors and they'll tell their experience of like what it was like to have the virus. So what is it like? <laughs> Greg they, wants to know so that he can fabricate all of these things later. I don't know. It, it it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want a bunch of like virus truther YouTuber information. <laughs> I didn't want it. <laughs> that, that is one of the problems with the content is just like whatever your fucking wildest mm-hmm. like uh-huh. anxiety dream is, there is a Google Some, search for that. And there's somebody worse that's just going to exploit it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just thinking about it, some psychos recorded an hour long <laughs> video about it already. <laughs> uh, is that another internet rule? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. If you've thought about it, some psycho's already done a video. Mm-hmm. Someone has like a fucking cork board in there. <laughs> the in one house. the one anxiety I did have that's ungoogleable is I accidentally put diesel into my unleaded gas what? tank. What? <laughs> uh, your car's toast. Well, so all of the posts say, <laughs> don't worry. You would never do this <laughs> because the gas tank, the the gas filler doesn't f- fit into it, so you'd have to literally shoot it in, which wouldn't happen. So, Is that what you did? Well, no, it didn't fit. So uh, we have remote start, and and uh, my wife did it from our car from our house, and she ran a car out of gas. Well, I was like filling up. I went and got gas, and I was like filling it up. As that was happening, a school bus dro- drove by me and just hands a gas canister out the window. And he goes, use it. And I, <laughs> and so, <laughs> okay, so I, <laughs> I grab it and I start putting it in. And then I give it back to him. He's like, no, all of it. What? <laughs> so his engine's loud, so I may be missing a couple words there, but I, that seemed to be the gist of this it. This seems more threatening than helpful. <laughs> All of it. I want to watch you do it. So yeah, that, drink up, car. <laughs> ruin, <laughs> ruin your fucking car. Look how thirsty you are. <laughs> so I use I use it, and then it, as I'm pouring it, he goes, all right, see you later. So leaves <laughs> leaves me with the gas can. I go ahead and finish. And then I think to myself, hmm, buses don't run on unleaded. Yeah. <laughs> Why would this guy have a canister of and let it? Oh, he also made me smell it to make sure it was gas. I don't think he was like it was. It probably wasn't diesel. Yeah. Well, my car is. This is this happened three months ago. But my <laughs> my point is is that wow, there goes the suspense. <laughs> my point my point is is that that night that I didn't sleep, it was impossible to Google what to do <laughs> for if you put. A gallon of diesel into your car. What do you do if you're made to put diesel into your car by gunpoint from a bus driver? <laughs> Fuck, no results. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm okay though. The, the, see, that's that's the bottom. That's the learning lesson here is that mm-hmm. don't Google it. You're probably gonna be okay. And today, we're reading comics. Yes, let's get into that. I'm tired of talking about Corona. <laughs> Same. Talking about a corona. So can that be the title of this episode? Talking about corona. Talking, uh, talking about a corona. About a corona, a corona, corona makes it funnier to me for some yeah. reason. Um, so this week we're talking about Cable Number One by um, Jerry Dugan. Is it Gary or Jerry? I thought it was Jerry. It's a flip of the coin. Okay, and um, Phil Noto, yep. which we got that book previewed to us at C two E two. Yep. And then we also have Decorum. By Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman and I. What's the author, the illustrator's name? Oh, it's Huddleston? like Huddleston. Yeah, it's so good. So I oh, should I, I should learn that name. It's it blew me away. 
Yeah. Can't wait to get into that. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so those are the two. That was on. That's on Image. That's a new book that's uh, was making some waves. So I'm really excited to talk about it. So um, with that, let's get this podcast started. started. <laughs> 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 that We're getting into cable number one on Marvel. Caitlin, take it away. All right. So young man cable is big man on Krakoa. He's beating up his uncle Logan and he's getting good with all the ladies. But then he gets caught up in a connection with an otherworldly people who are now unfortunately set out for Krakoa too. Ooh. Hey, let's spin this for a minute. Um, uh, our Marvel X-Men aficionados... Who, which cable is this, and what's happening in Krakoa now, if you're going to jump into this book? Uh, so this is Young Cable. This is from Extinction, I think. This We, for, we first saw Young Cable. Yeah. And uh, he killed Old Cable mm-hmm. in that. And uh, with the House of X and Powers of X, he was resurrected, the Young Cable. And, uh Yeah. That's what we're going with. Let's, so we have a young a, version of Cable. It's best to leave that stuff behind and just say, we've got a young Cable. Yeah. That's what... And just accept it. I asked Greg, <laughs> and he was like, just don't. It's just what it is. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. This is not the fun stuff to put up front, but it's kind of like the the milieu that you have to like swim through, I guess, yeah. a little bit to get through it all. It is. It starts off, though, with um, Wolverine and young Cable, which I guess is just Cable. So yep. we can stop saying young. <laughs> um, fighting in like a pit. And then it gives this whole like um, score sheet of like the Krakoa fights and like who's won. And there's just like this epic story about, well, magic cheated to the yeah. point that of like that was an that was an actual cheat. I I could have lived in that world the entire comic book. Yeah. X-Men Fight Club. I could have read a book about that. <laughs> well, that's I mean, you think about like what they would do for recreation or how they would keep their skills sharp. And that's exactly how I could see them doing that, especially where you've got these people that aren't really designed to coexist together, like the people that they're just saying, it's for all mutants, so these yeah. bad guys can come, whatever, whatever. That's a very safe way to let people get those aggressions out, mm-hmm. except for maybe what Magic did wasn't so safe. <laughs> you also had Calypso winning like three in a row. <laughs> three in a row. And I was like, fuck yeah, Calypso. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. It's kind of cool to see like the personality types of the... You know, different characters and imagine them being like, yeah, I'm going to hop in this fight cabal. <laughs> and did you see that Nightcrawler and Blink Tide? Yes. It's pretty cool. Because they yeah. both kind of have the same, the same power. power. <laughs> yeah. But one of, the, uh, one of the cuckoos beat the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, just that's, I, we're fine. that stat sheet was very fun to read oh, for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I also like trash talking Wolverine being like, is it your intention to give everyone on the island a marker? <laughs> like yeah. you're going to lose to everyone. Uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't. very fun. I, I know they've, so they've discussed this like fight scenario thing in other Dawn of X comics leading up to this. So we've got some context or history. Right. But it seems like what's at stake is like a, a favor of some sort. Is that what they're referring to? Oh, like the a ultimate marker? winner gets. When they say, yeah. when they say, you've given me a marker mm-hmm. that like at some point, there's some comeuppance or yeah. or like, something for something having one. Oh. It's like yeah. the Godfather. I, I thought yeah. it was just like a monetary unit using Krakoa. Oh, maybe it is. I thought Krakoa was above money. I thought that's kind of what I assumed, yeah. but I thought it was like a favor kind of thing. Okay, just like, I need to refresh on that. Yeah. One of the, that's one of the tough things about this X Men run right now is mm-hmm. that it's already like eight, nine different comic books, and keeping yeah. track of all the little things that they've said so far is tough. That's already hard in any given Jonathan Hickman storyline, which we'll get into in our next segment. But uh, especially with as many different creators as there are, it's it's been tough for me to keep track of a little bit. Yeah. It, in some ways, it felt like reading two Hickman books this time around, yeah. even though 
It was a Duggan book. It was a Duggan book because Hickman has made the design of all of these X-Men books to have like all these like stop, explain, diagram yeah. like things or whatever that like all of his like cabal of authors writing X-Men books have also embraced and makes the world beautiful and amazing, but also is a very Hickman thing to do. Yeah. So famously, one thing that I was thinking about, in the 90s, the first appearance of Cable um, specced like way higher than Deadpool. Like Deadpool was like not even comparable. Yeah, I wonder what you can get a Cable first appearance for now. That's a good point. People don't lust after this character like uh, they used to in the 90s. And so, yeah, so this switches that around a little bit. Um, the Deadpool run is like very goofy, but this seems pretty heroic, especially because he's getting this like epic sword that has all of these like destined powers that seems like it's going to have to play into Ten of Swords. Yeah. Yeah. And Rom the Space Knight. Yes. Oh, I forgot that brings Rom here. And it's just like, but like, so when I saw that, like they were teasing up, like maybe eventually seeing Rom. In the, the this X Men run or whatever, I was like <laughs> really confused and just like, what the fuck are we gonna get ourselves into here? And then with the sword situation, it I mean, it definitely is gonna lead into Ten of Swords. Yeah, which we got teased at C two E two. There's so many things I loved about the sword. One, Cable has always been a huge gun guy. He's a gun mm-hmm. guy, and so the last thing you expect him to do is have a big sword and love it. And the distinction they made between, like, new Cable, yeah. we killed the old Cable, we're leaving him behind. Young Cable is like, big swords are my thing now. <laughs> I'm a different guy. Guns were the old Cable. I loved that. And then the mythology and weirdness of that, like, sci-fi scene you got. So Cable, telekinetic uh, abilities, right? And he gets this, like, afterglow of the like telekinetic imprint that this sword had on it. Yep. And that sci-fi kind of scene was fucking awesome. It was so good. It was really Well, and trippy. I I wonder what that means for if they're going to come to Krakoa and if we're going to be made aware of this alien people. Yeah. Or peoples. Like does that change the dynamic between how humans feel about mutants versus aliens or what does that mm. do? Like that could open up a whole new Areas of political. Yeah, I think this this puts the fight into space, which is probably what they wanted. They wanted a new bad guy target, mm-hmm. or it brings space to Krakoa. Yeah, could do that as well. This this book for like a little just kind of character sideshow thing was awesome. It was really fun, especially compared to like Wolverine, which knocked it out of the park. So this is just turning out to be one of the best Marvel like series runs events i don't even know what you call it anymore because it's just the world so of x-men big, yeah <laughs> like that is that i've ever been a part of well and every time i read one of these now i'm like oh these robots in space is that going to tie into like the whole thing with nimrod and mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the main x series and, right um so they could all be very intertwined they could be not intertwined like every small detail is worth analyzing and that, which makes these very fun to talk about Yeah, I would have never thought I would have liked reading X-Men just because it all seemed so convoluted to me before Mm -hmm. and not very entry-level friendly, but this is fun. This has all been fun. This is one of the first comic book series that's this big where I've been like, this this can only take place in this form, in this medium. Because, like, you, you you couldn't do this in shows because, like, the... The rapid release, the expansive like release of it, the fact that this that nobody's really able to read all of them, mm-hmm. but like seemingly rewarded if you go like dive in and find one thing, um, is amazing. Like and it's like truly like revolutionizing the idea of what a comic book publishing like story could be like. Yeah, taking full advantage of the medium for sure. Mm-hmm. I. That's the sort of stuff I love, like when when you're reading a comic book and you're just like the ex- – not just the story that's being told, but experientially I think is what you're getting at uh, Budget King, that it's it's so much different than anything that could be done in another medium. Yeah, and I mean the guy pilot, piloting the whole ship, Jonathan Hickman, is like this is his 
This is his bread and butter. He gets to make charts. He gets to make <laughs> graphs. He gets to make these, this whole universe essentially is his just creation. And he's just like, not only is he doing that with this X-Men book, but as we find out later in this episode, he's doing the same thing with Decorum. And it's like, w- w- what else does this guy do besides create these epic stories? Yeah. Does he just I'm wake sure, up, write, and go back to bed? Yeah, I'm sure his whole house is filled up with those cork boards. <laughs> just He's an absolute fucking lunatic. And and it, was, it was a surprise hit, this cable book. I think for all of us. I think we were kind of a little trepidatious going in there. Do you pronounce the X in the, in the circle of Cable's name? Uh, no. Okay. Do you, how, how would you pronounce it? K-tendable. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as Cable. <laughs> Shable. Katenbull. That's Kate. almost like my name. Yeah. <laughs> Katenbull. Hey, you never know with these guys and how they're how the X's are being used. That's true. That's true. Just when you get comfortable, they'll flip it on you. Um, do you guys think there's anything to be said about armor and cable having a oh moment where they're smooshed together on the ground. I loved that. And then when she's like leaving, she's like, bye, cable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, little romance. <laughs> it's funny just because in my head still, I'm like, this is an old gristled man in a young man's body. <laughs> and then I have to keep reminding myself he's he doesn't have the experiences of old man cable. Right, so right. He could he could very well start a romantic relationship with this other he isn't young mutant. Predatoring her. <laughs> <laughs> well he's he's, he's not. Just, then they kinda touch on that. Like he doesn't have the memories of old yeah, cable. Yeah. 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 So maybe some romance. That would be fun. I like armor. She's a fun character. Yeah. She is. Mm-hmm. I like the, how big her armor can get. Did you guys forget that Krakoa ate a planet full of monsters? I did. <laughs> this was a nice reminder. Oh, an island, sorry, an not a planet. Yeah. 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 Uh, that issue of X-Men or X-Force or whichever it happened in, mm. I loved. I thought it was so, so good. Yeah. But I completely spaced that that <laughs> even happened. Well, and didn't somebody else say, like, we're not supposed to do, like, there aren't supposed to be any monsters? Or, like, we're supposed to be taking down these monsters? What was the... I know there there's, like, certain areas that it's, like, don't go there. Okay, okay. And I, I think maybe it's, like, monsters and mythical things are not crossing this barrier. So, like, let's just chill and coexist in peace for now and take care of it later. Okay. Do you think yeah. it's weird that technically Deadpool's on an island of monsters as well? In Staten Island? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, huh. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I kept on Unless thinking... Unless he comes over and has dominion over those monsters, Well, that's too. What I'm thinking is, like, they said that Deadpool's going to make an appearance in, in this cable run it somehow. And I'm like, if they stick with current run timeline, they might just, like, play in the two worlds of monsters together. That'd be sweet. That's great. Mm-hmm. I did not catch that parallel. The war on Monster Island. Yeah. <laughs> I'd read 100 issues of that. Yeah. <laughs> or to Deadpool's, like, just utter... Maybe he enjoys it, but he has to bring all the monsters from Staten Island over to that island and just live separately from all the <laughs> like X-Men. A, like a Noah's Ark situation. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Katenbull. <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> Flawless victory. <laughs> Next up, we have Decorum out on Image Comics. This is Hickman and Huddleston. This is a really cool comic. Caitlin, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's cool. <laughs> Caitlin, tell us about uh, Decorum. All righty. Good luck. <laughs> That's a good point. This is a new world, fairly fleshed out in this first issue, and the art blew me away. So I'll get that out of the way first off. Um, you have the Syndicate Major, the Righteous Guild, and many other factions and people that I'm sure we'll be learning more about in further issues. But for now, we just get this kind of origin story of the world, this kind of Pocahontas-type battle between industrious and tribal factions. And then in the end of all of this, we kind of get a second story. Um, And this deals with an assassin. And I'll just read to close out, because we're going to have to get into this piece Mm -hmm. by piece, I think. To close out, I'll read what the description I found online was. There are many assassins in the known universe. This is the story of the most well-mannered one. Manners are a sensitive awareness of the feelings of others. If you have that awareness, you have good manners, no matter what knife you use. This, I think you nailed it because this book is in three chapters that are three different stories. 
And so that assassin story seems to kind of take the cake as like the main story, specifically yeah. because it's like the last one. It has characters you could actually connect mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Tonally, the beginning of this I wanted to mention reminded me of Space Odyssey. Because um, when you when you think about 2001, it's uh, there's that trippy beginning scene with the monkeys and the monolith where you're just like, something important is happening <laughs> and beginning yeah. here. Yeah. And it's going to be attached to like a story that is cohesive and easy to follow later. But right now, I'm like not sure <laughs> what I'm being told and why. Yeah. And it goes on for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could have looked at that art forever, though. It yeah. was gorgeous. So, yeah. So we have a whole new space uh, opera here happening. I mean, this is an it's an insane space world yeah. of tons and tons of planets and the world that we're essentially living in is that sentient robots are dominating and purging the world. It They're seems like it seems like you guys understood this book a little more than I did. <laughs> but I I that's not to say I I didn't love it. I thought it was very cool, uh-huh. but I was also thinking that like with Hickman seeing the success from X-Men and having like done this high concept thing in a more easier to swallow treat mm-hmm. packaging that maybe his next independent comic book would have been a little more I, to, mainstream and easy well, to, I, to, to me, grab. To me, this just reads like East of West 2, which is one of my favorite comic books. Yeah. So it's like, I think he just has these in him. Uh-huh. And he's creating his new East of West. Yeah. This must be like when non-X-Men fans read X-Men books. Sure, that's they're, a good point. They're just like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. Like, when I dove into Decorum, I was like, what the fuck is, is all this? Yeah. It seemed like there's a huge backstory that I'm missing out on yeah. and that I need to read another book before I come in here and read Decorum. Well, and I may be getting uh, ahead here, but in our last story that was like the more cohesive action-adventure part of this, there is a little weapon or artifact that is just a tiny, like, shard of a crystal. And it seems like it has some pretty badass, powerful properties. And I'm wondering if they're, these things are related. It seemed almost like Yondu's thing that comes from his head. Yeah, the little arrow that he yeah. whistles around. Yes. What, one, like, pull-in to this comic book that I loved a lot was that it essentially follows the story of a delivery person. She, and you guys probably caught this, but, like, her bag that she sticks her product in had a little pizza on it. Um, oh, I didn't catch that, actually. And so it's, like, kind of a reference to, like, a, a pizza delivery person, essentially. You see, pizza like survives Futurama. all. <laughs> yeah. And so, exactly like Futurama. And one of the storylines that this was the one I probably gravitated towards most is that there was bio-warfare that happened at a period of time, and those that were infected... Um, only died if they couldn't afford the treatment, the anecdote or, or whatever. And if they couldn't, they could get cryogenically frozen. And as long as you can pay that and pay it up, up and off, you can get them eventually to get to, uh, you know. Unfrozen. Yeah, unfrozen. So it's basically like a pharma biohazard thing just like drops on, on this earth. And this pizza delivery lady has to try to do it to save what we think might be her son. Or somebody like a kid, uh, that, uh, yeah, a family. It member. does say yeah. that the plague was so, like you said, biopharma, like bioengineered. Is it the same people who made the cryopods? We don't. I didn't say that explicitly. Okay, it, we might come come to find out later about like some type of conspiracy. Yeah, I think the the people who made the antidote probably made the cryo thing. So it's just like, yeah, we have the anecdote for this. But if you can't afford it, we also have these cryo chambers where we can freeze you and your family members can pay it off and then we can unfreeze you when you're paid off. Right. And their but name is Luxor, too. If you lapse in payment for the cryogen, they just let the people yep. expire. And yeah. then they just get rid of them. Much like student loans work. <laughs> That's fucked up. Oh, I think about that situation, if that were to really happen, mm-hmm. like how much people would go into debt just because even if like it's your grandmother... You don't want your grandma to die of something that's potentially curable, right? Mm-hmm. So you could spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars being wrapped up and on the hook. And, oh, I've already spent <coughs> such an exponential amount of money. Like, mm-hmm. why stop now? Um, I think if, it's if sucks- that happened in 
in reality, that would be fucked up and it'd be take advantage of people like crazy. One, I could see it happening. Yeah. Two, I think that people would have to reach a point where they just unionize and fucking just uprise mm-hmm. and say, nah, this ain't happening. I'm going to say it because we're all thinking it. What if this is the, <laughs> the current status <laughs> that we are in? We are kind of a rogue world that needs planetary submission, so uh-huh. I don't knows? know. Who the fuck knows? If Trump comes out a with a cryopod, cryo Trump cryopods. Trump cryopods. Trump brand cryopods. <laughs> yeah. Do they say Trump on them? Yeah. Like, oh, for when I get in they there, all have they do. T's. Does it say T? Oh, yeah, I have a big T across my face. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a good point about Trump yesterday when we were hanging out. They were like, if he wasn't president and in control of everything, just a straight Facebook live stream on him would actually be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love that his address to the nation yesterday mm-hmm. about something that everyone's afraid of he took a shot at how bad the obamacare website was oh yeah it's not going to be like that we've got a thousand and seven engineers at google it's going to be a great website Boz, unlike some other websites oh my i was God. just like come on Re- like right now really yeah oh yeah now he wouldn't miss an <laughs> That's opportunity. That's still the thing he's most focused on, yeah. which should be an alarm to he, everyone. You know what he's mad about every day is that he doesn't have Hillary as a villain anymore. <laughs> yeah. Where are your emails now, Donald? <laughs> um, we this, have a million tests. You're not going to need them. <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't want them, but we have them. This you, is, you don't need them. This is nothing. This is basically, this isn't even the flu. Mission accomplished. We've beaten it. <laughs> We've pummeled Corona back to its homeland, and we are the victor. Back to this comic. (laughs) I think that this comic had surprise after surprise um, in some of the best ways that a comic book can deliver with, uh, I'll just name a handful of them, that the people taking over the country in the beginning are a robot and like a sentient robot. We had that like teased a little bit. And like a a Spaniard get up. Yeah. Like he's from the... Right. New world. Call them the crusade. They called it the Crusades. Yeah. So, so I thought that was kind of fitting, like Inquisition or how. Yeah. It it was amazing, and then we find out so many weird things about that world, like they have dinosaurs and things like that. I think the biggest surprise to me was just how badass. If there's a woman who's just talking, and you're led to believe like maybe she's another delivery person, and then you find out she's probably the best assassin in the universe. Yeah. And just ruthless, ruthless, but also... And the fact that she's an older woman, too, is amazing. But she has decorum. And I think, is that what the book is named after? The manners. Yeah, like her her manners. And how they're very important to her. And and maybe she's the main character, but yeah, like she doesn't like, she likes punctuality. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was great how she got into the room at the end to like kill the guy, because they had to check her for weapons. She didn't have any weapons. Oh, yeah, but she, your weapon delivered but she had her weapon delivered to her with the delivery girl. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I'll work around this. I'll have the weapon brought to me. And that thing was a beast. Blew up that dude's arm to the bone. I think this is going to be a lot of people's, like, stores pick up, like, say, throw this on my list. I want this. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Do you think it's too um, disconjointed for, like, a... Uh, 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 Casual reader? Yes. I, I think that there are casual readers who are looking for this type of sci-fi experience. Same, You though, think so? I An thought, adventure. I felt the same. Um, I think Saga was a little less um, a little less charty and graphy. Yeah. Um, but it definitely felt like there's a lot of moving parts, and I'm going to have to pay attention to the politics of this thing and who these characters are because mm-hmm. I know they're all going to be showing up again and having alliances that I will need to understand um, so I think in a little way, this reminded me of that. I, I, I do think too, the criticism that he's had with other books like, like this and in some ways the X books is that it's better to read it and trade. And I think him giving us this decorum assassin in the end is going to be him trying to pivot and actually give us a character that we can follow. Like I, I doubt the next books are going to be chapter one, two and three. Like I, who knows with Hickman? I mean, he's a fucking wild card. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it could be. I could. I could definitely see the second issue being like broken into three parts, and the first part is a continuation of 
the first thing we saw. The mm-hmm. third part is a continuation of the third thing we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I would have benefited from like a this being broken out over a few issues, or even an issue zero. Rather, yeah, rather than like trying to retain it all in like the f- first story. But maybe, maybe he's a genius in the fact that, like, he gave us the hook and the intriguing characters that are going to get you to buy the second issue and all, like, the tedious back history, too, that is going to enrich the story. So it's, it's a great first issue in that it's doing a lot and engaging you enough to get you to buy the second one that's like we've talked about that before that's a tough balance with comics is that the sometimes you have to trust creators a lot to keep buying something just like knowing hey it's probably gonna get good well and anytime (laughs) you give me a map like that but then it was like undiscovered country where you got to see like Mm -hmm. maybe one or two sectors but you knew there were like more out there by the end of the first issue this one is so much more I mean I was I'll if you give me a map I'll pretty much buy mm-hmm. the next few just cuz I want to see what's going on. But this one it's like you've got tribes, you've got robots, you've got these pyramids, you've got this assassin like city, modern modern city. And then when the image for the next issue is like the city in the background, but then you've got this weird village and they're doing like a cowboy duel. Like yeah. it just seems like this is a whole I don't know, but I love stuff like this. It's like the fifth element where you can just get any type of person mm-hmm. and any type of cultural influence all together within the same world span. I Yeah, I wonder, I just keep wondering if it'd be a more rewarding experience if we would have gotten like a five, six issue series about the like native people and the pyramid trapped in their planet and then like, Another mini series that blows that out into oh, there's tons of pyramids all over the place. I respectfully disagree. I think that I don't I don't want too many books to have to get. Yeah, I want it all in one. I want I like a big fatty number one, <laughs> and then I have something to go into number two. I have so many like interesting questions, but also really compelling characters to dip into. Yeah, I I I want more of each of those sectors Mm -hmm. i guess i don't i don't necessarily mind if we jump around a bit and i have to wait a little bit to get more on the tribes like an issue that just is devoted to the tribes or something like that if if it slowly helps me weave how they're gonna fit together i i think that's a good point i guess i don't care about like the order these things happen in as long as i actually get that context yeah because i don't want to read an essay yeah and then and, and several charts and graphs, and then expected to be an expert who can retain this information for all of the story nuance. Yeah, like six issues from now. No, they're gonna have. He's gonna have to do a, a. He's gonna have to keep giving us those threads to yes. tie it all. We can't just go off of what we got here. I think why Hickman is one of my favorite authors is that he is not as much of an author as a, he is a designer. Like he. He does design thinking. He's thinking, I mean, think about the artist that he uses and then like the graphics, his attention to like detail. He's always thinking like backwards design, pulling back and figure like placing things. He's not like this, like he's, you know what he's not? He's not Neil Gaiman, who's just like this prose and like poetic, like bullshittery and stuff. (laughs) Like, wow. Is that kind of shots fired? Bullshittery? Um, I, I respect there's there, there are some like things like that that I like but like if I had my druthers to choose between the two I'm obviously going to choose the designer. I love that you just said if I had my druthers. It distracted <laughs> me, but I do think you make a good point. Yeah, I I mean I prefer Hickman over Gaiman and I I like those big grandiose stories, but I mean there's there's Hickman things like uh Black Monday Murders where I felt like by the fourth issue, he was still introducing like tons of like dockets and and like redacted like paperwork that like informed like what happened last issue and also what's going to happen in like the seventh issue. And I was just like, 
can we fucking stop with <laughs> the it's it, al- it's al- amount of information? It's like it, you're you're one hundred percent right, and maybe I should uh, resolve to reading his things in trade. But as a monthly break off, fuck, it's he's he's <laughs> tough for me. It, it, it it's is not that I don't love it, but he's just the way I consume comics. Like his writing can be tough. Me. And and then there's the I don't know if you guys read the Dying and the Dead, um, yes, which is the same thing. But then like it took forever to publish like a number five because these books were so like epic mm-hmm. and huge. So then there's like I just don't yeah. It, if somebody's gonna say the one problem with Hickman is that monthly format may not be his style, yeah. I will not argue with them on yeah. that. That was uh, decorum, and it was a. A, a, a good comic book, even though if it was big. I'm going to just end with that. <laughs> it was good. It was good, but big. It was beautiful. <laughs> there we I go. I will say yeah. that, it, it definitely shows the wide range that Huddleston has. Oh, mm-hmm. man. As far as artistic ability. He was flexing like a motherfucker on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Medium defying. Worth having in your collection just because it's different from yes. a lot yeah. of other comics. This would Absolutely. be one that I would want to see those process sheets, like how you get from a director's a, cut yeah, would be amazing. And sure. he has them, I'm sure. Greg, what do we what do we do for the closeouts here? What do you wanna what do you wanna say to people? Everything's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us Stand on by. socials because we won't be in person anywhere yeah. for a really long time. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we'll leave with that. Yeah. So like like Caitlin said, uh, we're not gonna be making any appearances in the near future. Uh, so if you want to get at us, we're on all the social medias. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you know, talk to us. What are you reading? What are you uh, liking? What are you not liking? We want to hear about it. We want to talk to you. We are in full quarantine, so we're <laughs> going to need something to do over these next 14 days. Um, like we said at the top, Planet postponed. New Mutants movie premiere postponed. When we get new information, we'll let you know. Uh, we had a great time with you guys. We talked about a lot. Uh it was a very Hickman and Corona heavy episode. Uh, so if you like that, go to iTunes, rate and review. Say, I liked all the Hickman and Corona talk. It was right up my alley, and it was just a sick show. It was really sick. And you, hit us with just, that five stars. If you just want us to talk you through this coronavirus, too, we can do we that. We can talk about we a can, Corona. Yeah, we can re- yeah. Yeah, talk about a Corona all day. <laughs> if you need a safe space to like calm you down and need people to calm you down, we'll do that for you. Or if you just want to commiserate with all the symptoms that you think you have, (laughs) we can do a Google search for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll be your Xanax that you can't afford. (laughs) So until next week, be safe out there and wash your hands, everybody. Bye-bye, babies. (laughs) 